Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces and I haven't seen them for over a week now because unfortunately I did not publish a podcast last week because um, I'm suffering a bit of neck and jaw issues. Um, can't really say injury because it's not like I fell over and banged my jaw and neck. Um, it's just been built up, uh, I guess, over the last six or seven months. Uh, a little pandemic called COVID has probably um, built up a little bit of stress in the old body and it came to a head. <laughs> the neck came to a head. Ha! <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, just uh, just over a week or so ago um, and the physio quite literally said to me, you need to shut your mouth. Um, you need to rest your jaw. Um, and she, she also said, uh, don't like overextend your jaw. And if anyone has seen a photo of me, typically I'm posing with my mouth wide open being an idiot. So that's been, um, turns out that that's quite a natural thing for me to do. And it's very unnatural to stop myself from doing that. Anyway, can you tell I'm rabbiting on because now I just am enjoying talking to you all again. Uh, but anyway, I managed to catch up with Dr. Hannah Wells uh, from New Zealand for this podcast and it was great to catch up with her. Uh, so please enjoy this episode and I think this is a good time to let you in on uh, a little something that I have been working on. We will be catching up with Chrissy Wellington on the podcast next week. And if you are a Patreon member, you can actually tune in live for that chat. So what we're going to do is, uh, well, I'll let you know if you're a Patreon member, you will get an email and we'll explain how to watch. But essentially, we will be recording it uh, via the interwebs over video. Uh, so all of our Patreon members can watch. And at the end, you get to ask a few questions as well. Uh, and then we will release the podcast as it is uh, next Friday as per, per normal. So if you are not a Patreon member, consider signing up. You can be an any level of a Patreon member uh, to get access to the live uh, podcast recording with Chrissy Wellington. That will be next Tuesday, 6 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So whatever time that is in your neck of the woods. Uh, so I guess Monday night in Europe, UK, and then Monday afternoon-ish uh, in uh, North America. So tune in for that. If you are a Patreon member, keep an eye out for a notification or an email from the Wits Up Patreon page. Uh, so very excited. It's the first time we've done that. So, you know, pretty awesome person to do that with for the first time. Uh, okay. Back to Dr. Hannah Wells. Uh, really enjoyed uh, the, the geekiness of this one uh, in terms of learning a lot more about what her PhD was all about. Hence, Dr. Hannah Wells. She's also not a paleontologist for all of my friends, TV show lovers out there, not a paleontologist. All righty. Welcome to the Wits Up podcast, Dr. Hannah Wells. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good, good. It's uh, slowly becoming summer here, so can't complain. <laughs> 
Uh, well, yes, and I did say, well, before we shut the camera off, you were in a singlet or a, do you call it a singlet or a tank top? Tank. Uh, probably singlet, yeah, yeah, singlet. Yeah. So many things like uh, you guys, don't, do you guys, you you don't say, no, you say jandals, don't you? Jandals, yeah. 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 And then any of our American friends, possibly Canadian friends as well, uh, you do not say thongs to them because it's a whole different. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah, no, that's yeah. really different. <laughs> <laughs> uh how, my friend, how good is sunshine just to lift your mood? I even felt it this yeah. morning um, when I went to get a coffee and the sun was out and I just instantly felt better. Oh, I know. Oh, it makes such a big difference, man. It's been a long winter, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, it gets to this time of, time of the year and you kind of start to feel for those northern hemisphere athletes who are starting to head into winter now, but um, it's looking good for us, so it's it's good. <laughs> yeah, we're going to ride this sunshine wave for as long as we possibly oh, can. I know, which is kind of hilarious for because I mean, what you're in Auckland, yeah? No, I'm in Tauranga. Oh, so that, yeah, it's about two and a half hours drive south from Auckland. Yeah. Uh, not, were you like ever that. in Auckland? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did my PhD up there, um, but Got being it. down here. Uh, for three years maybe yeah about three yeah gotcha. and it's better beaches just a little little bit less busy um yeah. yeah so it's pretty good pretty good life down here good for training good for training yeah the riding could be better like it's really busy on the roads around here um right. but swimming and running is awesome uh and then I go down to Topo actually quite a lot um now to do like little training blocks because the riding down there is awesome. Um, yeah. And obviously around sort of the Topol 70.3 slash Ironman uh, area, it's quite nice to be training down there. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I find um, New Zealand f- fascinating. You guys don't really have highways per se. Like Not many. Long- no, but it, it's not like a highway, you know, like, a two or three lane highway that you get <laughs> over here or in the states it's all just pretty much single lane yeah. most of the time yeah and it's just like country roads the entire yeah. way yeah windy yeah our roads are pretty shocking actually <laughs> <laughs> but i kind of like it it's kind of yeah yeah you like it until you want to get somewhere fast and then it yes. just takes forever <laughs> yeah that's and right. whenever whenever I've gone to Topol for the event, um, I always like we always land in Auckland at the yeah. wrong time, and it's yeah. it takes forever just to get yeah. out of Auckland. Like that's the hardest part to get yeah. to Topol is getting out of the Auckland airport. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Auckland's a nightmare for that. But it's always okay because there is that um, Airstream coffee. Um, van right outside the doors before you go to your rental car and oh, that, yeah. it's yeah. really good coffee yeah there's good coffee everywhere here in New Zealand I reckon right we do pretty we do coffee well much like you yeah. do in Melbourne actually to be fair um yeah so you can't go too far to uh you don't have to go too far to get a good coffee which uh is key especially when you're an athlete Definitely. Um, now, you, I wanted to get stuck into um, the. I introduced you as Doctor Hannah Wells, and and you 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 giggled a little bit when I said that. <laughs> yeah, probably probably because I don't really. You know, I, I went and got a PhD. 
which took a lot of <laughs> in a lot of time. And then next minute, I'm a full time athlete. So. <laughs> <laughs> career trajectory perfect perfection uh, oh well <laughs> I love how casual you are I just went and got a PhD just went and just, just went and got one off the shelf at yeah, uh, the local like that, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so first of all it, it is correct though to uh refer well introduce you or refer to you as Dr. Hannah Wells like that is that's the mm-hmm. correct thing to do right sure uh yeah if you like I I'm not too fussy I don't have to be called doctor <laughs> but yeah I guess so <laughs> still seems weird but, many years after but yeah okay so now you're not you're not a doctor in terms of being a GP. No, you're not. not you're not. A, <laughs> you're not a doctor <laughs> like Ross from Friends is a paleontologist. Um, <laughs> what what kind of doctor are you? Let the people know because I I really want to delve into this a little bit. Oh God. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm here to test you on your PhD. Yeah. So I started off. I did a an engineering degree. Uh, four-year honor degree in biotech engineering was my major Uh, and then I was offered a scholarship to do a PhD I didn't plan on doing one uh, because it was pretty overstudying by the end of an engineering degree because how many years is that uh, four four years Um, and but the scholarship was good um, and I knew the supervisor and he was also really good Um, and so the offer was sort of too good to say no to so next minute I'm uh, moving cities up to Auckland and I'm doing a PhD uh, and it was in a sort of in a range of different areas but long story short I was looking at natural materials uh, more specifically mostly collagen based materials for the use in various uh, different applications mostly medical but also looking in the leather industry so leather is as everyone probably is aware, leather is just um, processed skin. Um, So, and then in the medical side of things, I was also, again, working with processed skin, but um, sort of processing the skin down, decellularizing it out, um, cleaning everything out of it, and then using it as surgical materials um, or burn repair sort of materials. Um, So... Yeah, and we're, I was actually coming over to Melbourne a lot during my PhD uh, and working a lot in the, I don't know if you've heard of it there, but the synchrotron. It's like a particle accelerator based out by um, Monash University. Particle accelerator. That yeah. sounds like something from Star Trek. Yeah, it does a little bit. And it kind of looks yeah. like it when you go in there. It's uh, pretty <gasps> cool on, but. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we just, it, it was just, it was a lot of structural, uh, like na- nano nanomaterial, nanostructure type stuff, uh, looking, diving right into the structure of skin and, um, yeah, collagen-based materials, not just skin, also other connective tissues such as, like, tendons, um, yeah, all sorts. So it was sort of like we were taking animal-based uh, connective tissues that would usually be thrown out sort of as a byproduct of the meat industry, um, but there are actually a lot of useful sort of tissues within uh, animals and ourselves um, that can be used for various applications. So it was about sort of, it was, yeah, it was, there were a lot of different angles to my PhD. So that's why I sort of struggled to talk about it because 
uh, I did various projects within it and it sort of takes a long time to talk through each one. But um, right. uh, yeah, so that that's basically me trying to put it into long story short. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting few years of my life, full on though. Yeah. Um, would I do it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe I would. I don't know. I don't understand when you see people and they've done two PhDs. I don't know how you could put yourself through that. It's uh, full on. But um, also very rewarding. And also I'm really glad that I did it prior to taking on uh, my athletic career. Um, Yeah, because, you know, it's something I can fall back onto maybe once I'm done trying to thrash myself swimming, biking and running. (laughs) um so I'm pretty thankful for it and uh yeah really good opportunity but yeah full-on PhDs are hard (laughs) Uh, it it sounds like it and also the more the more you were talking about and I'm not even going to try and uh say all the words that you said because I probably only understood maybe two-thirds of them um (laughs) but you you were talking about nanotechnology and particle something or other yeah, but that—that's all words from Star Trek. Like they say, "nano, nano," don't they? <laughs> or no, or no, that's from Mork and Mindy. Nano. Oh, oh my god, really I'm getting all my TV shows confused. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's probably when, not when, as glamorous as they make it look, though. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but so, what, what is the? So let's pretend you didn't become a professional triathlete and we'll get to that but yeah. whatever we're not here to talk about triathlon on a triathlon podcast yeah um <laughs> what is the end what was the end game what what was the end game for doing that phd because uh, it sounds based on the very little information you just gave me then um mm. but overwhelming information mm. it kind of sounded like um you know, a lot of it is ex- experimental um, and you don't know exactly where it's going to go until you're sort of really involved in it. No, totally. I mean, that's academia for you though, right? Like you end up going yeah. down some sort of rabbit hole because you are focusing in on so much, on something so in so much detail that you can't really like broaden what you're what you're working on. You, you really have to dive into sort of one area. Um, and whether that is the area that you end up working in after a PhD or not, who knows? Like it might not be because it ends up being so specific. But I guess it's it's more about uh, a PhD is not just about that one particular topic. It's also about learning how to, um, you know, plan an experiment um, and, and carry it all the way through to um, the end product. And, you know, most of the time experiments fail. Um, mm. And so you learn a lot doing uh, like a PhD, I think, and just dealing with uh, going with the flow through whatever you find. And, and it, it's all new information that you are learning about when you do a PhD. You know, it's not like following a textbook or, um, you know, learning lectures or anything like you do prior to do, doing a PhD. No one actually knows what you're going to find. Um, mm. And that's kind of cool. Uh, it's also you don't really know what's going to happen in your PhD, which is kind of daunting. But, um, yeah, you just sort of have to learn to go with the flow and then deal with any setbacks, which there will be many, um, and sort of try and make something of what you've got, which is, yeah. you know, cool, like life lessons as well, I guess. Um, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, there were, yeah, there was a lot, a lot that I learned in my PhD, but also just general, like, life lessons and stuff. Um, like, I had a great supervisor too, and he 
always helped guide me through. Um, and I think that's key when, you, when you're taking on something, a big task, whether it's a PhD or something else, um, just to have that support and that, um, I guess, like a good mentor there to help you through it. Um, yeah. yeah, so it, it was awesome. Like, I definitely don't regret doing it. It was it was just hard, I guess, is, what, is why I said I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm gonna so I'm just you know just thinking as you're talking through different parts of this and and please excuse me for comparing your PhD to my year ten science class but <laughs> but you know I remember you know part of the experiments experiments that you used to do they teach you that you'd have to um uh what's it called um hypothesize and yeah so so you'd and correct me if I'm wrong but essentially you would guesstimate what was going to happen. So based yeah. on your knowledge so far, you would try and come up with yep. what the results were going to be and then you'd let the experiment ride out. But but mm-hmm. being the competitive person that I am, I would freaking hate it when I'd get it wrong and it would be <laughs> like it, it would take every part of my character not to try and change the results to fit what I yeah, guessed yeah. beforehand <laughs> because I wanted to be right. Yeah, is that very much like how hard is that? Because how much would you want to go? Oh, damn it! If only I'd um, just yeah. used one more mill in that test tube, it would have changed the results, and I would have been right. Yeah, not to be honest, no, uh, not at all, really. Uh, I think right. you get over that pretty quick because, like, ninety nine, honestly, ninety nine percent of the time, you maybe not completely wrong, but you'll find out something new, especially when you're doing a PhD because sort of there is no wrong answer in a way uh, because no one's ever done it before. So uh, even if it's a, a like a, a negative result, well, at least then you've ruled something out, out that no one else has ever done before. So in a way that's not a fail. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. So I think I think it's probably a bit different to the year 10 uh, science experiment and that that experiment will be a, a repeat of what the year did the previous you know the previous year did uh 12 months ago so everyone probably can guess what the result would be but uh yeah it's a bit different when you're sort of in unexplored territory I guess uh nothing is a fail even if it is fail and sort of quotation um yeah 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 so yeah, yeah. No, I think you get over that you have to otherwise you wouldn't last <laughs> yeah true so I find that concept really quite interesting when you say you're exploring territory that no one else has does mm. that like does that really resonate with you because I feel like that rolls off the tongue pretty easily for you just you know because you're so in it but from me as a obviously someone who has no idea about science yeah that's a that's a pretty amazing thing yeah yeah I guess it is um yeah I guess I haven't thought about it that much <laughs> it's just yeah. sort of normal uh you yeah. know that, that's what post-grad study and, and a PhD is is that you have to find something that is unique um and new and, yeah. and it is pretty cool though when you think about it when you're sort of immersed in that environment you just sort of take it for granted maybe but you know there's new information uh, new experiments and stuff taking place all around you, not just in yeah. your, what you're doing but what everyone else in your team or just people around you, you know, at the facility that you're using, whatever. You know, it's all new stuff that's happening, which is, yeah, it is pretty cool. And it is cool to, to know that, that that is going on even now when I'm 
uh, mm. not involved. Um, I do actually still talk to my uh, ex-boss every now and again just to see what's happening in, in sort of his project group <laughs> just because I can't help myself. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it is It is cool. Uh, uh, yeah, it's exciting, it's, I guess, and it's a cool. It's sort of, very cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. And because I just, I mean, I think about this quite often with with Frankie in terms of so many experiences for her are brand new. She's two and mm. we take every single day for granted, mm. you know, because not that we've seen it all, but we've seen a lot mm. um, and, and, and done a lot. But for her, you know, just going to a different park, for, playground, for example, yeah. is such a sensory overload, incredible experience for her. And I'm just like, imagine... You know, she she's literally exploring things that she's never done in her lifetime. And as an adult, it's not very often that you get that feeling. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that was something that you were kind of doing in a Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's very very cool. What yeah. what what led you towards that sort of um topic or yeah, I can't um, think of that. So it started out actually as a, a project around the leather industry. Uh, so they had some funding and they wanted someone to carry out a few experiments. And basically it was around trying to um, improve the processing of leather to remove or to reduce um, faults in leather uh, and, right. and produce overall better quality leather to be sold um, at a much higher price. Uh, there, there, currently there is a, a lot of leather that is shitty leather basically and only a very small portion that can go on to be either really fancy um, handbags or car upholstery or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So that's actually where I started. But I told my supervisor who, you know, when we were discussing sort of what I was interested in and, and whether I wanted to do this project, um, I said to him, I what I was interested in when I was doing my degree was more of the medical side of um, sort of biotech engineering. Uh, And so I said to him, I'd really, you know, if I'm going to do a PhD, I'd quite like to do something in the medical um, with, with a medical application, I guess. Um, And so he had to think about it and um, we sort of, through my PhD, we were able to move towards the medical side and work with those surgical materials, as I talked about earlier, um, with a company out of the States uh, and they actually produce these medical materials that are used now um, come from, the, they use bovine skin or cow skin and they um, use them for hernia repair and breast reconstruction over in the States now. Um, right. And so, yeah, the whole, during my PhD, um, there was sort of the aim of moving more into the medical side, even though it started out as leather, which is totally unrelated. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. fascinating how, how industries can collide. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was full on, um, but yeah, it was, it was good, really good. Wow. So, in your, have you seen the movie Silence of the Lambs? No, but it sounds scary. It's a scary movie. <laughs> it I is. I haven't heard of it, but I haven't seen it. What? It's only like one of the greatest films of our generation. Is it a scary one though? (laughs) Well, yes. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It isn't like slasher horror horror scary. It's um, uh, like intense thriller 
Yeah. Um, it, it, I can't believe you haven't seen it. But now, like, anything I'm going to say is... I'd have to watch it without Nick, though, because he, even, like, the most tame thrillers, he's out. He's tapping out. Really? <laughs> it it is a bizarre thing though that human beings like to be scared like what is that what's that about psychoanalyze that yeah no that yeah it's very bizarre (laughs) our lives are boring (laughs) we need to spice them up um but yeah, I mean, anyone who's listening, um, who knows the movie I'm talking about, will know that where I'm going with this line of questioning. But it probably is not going to make much sense to you. But essentially, there was a. It's about a couple of serial killers. Um, yeah. nice. One who is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Smelling it. But, yeah. <laughs> um. It's it's just it's a very clever movie, um, but it's got Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins, um, okay. you know, who are two incredible mm-hmm. actors. Um, but wh- one is a serial killer who is in jail, and he's essentially helping the FBI agent capture this serial killer who's out there at the moment through, you know, psychoanalyzing him and mm-hmm. all these other bits and pieces. He um, he was also a psychologist as well, the one that's behind the bars, and I don't want to give too much away. But anyway, mm-hmm. there's a bit where they talk about you put the lotion on the skin, and he. Um, I don't want to say too much because if you haven't seen it, I really, I really need you to watch it and get back okay. to me. Okay. But but maybe get someone else to watch it, not Nick though. Not Nick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a psychological thriller. Put it. Okay. I think that's yeah. a better way of putting I it. I'm gonna go watch it then. <laughs> it's it's good. It's old, but it's good. Oh, um, yeah. old movies are good though. The old classic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a classic that you have to <laughs> let me te- let me test you out on some of the other classics. Top Gun. Yes, I've seen that one. Okay, good. Um now I'm just trying to think of some of the others. Oh, um <laughs> uh what's <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Oh, definitely. Love that movie. Ah, good. Oh, good. What do you think it is about that movie that everyone loves? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either because it's it's, you know, um, you know, like when people do the rapid fire questions and, you know, they'll say, what's one of your favourite movies? Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. yeah. And I Mm. love the movie as well, but I don't Mm. know what it is specifically about that one. No. Actually, I need to watch that again. I haven't watched that in ages. Yeah. That's one that you can go back to and watch multiple times, I reckon. Uh, Yes, I agree. It's a goodie. Yeah. Um, Dirty Dancing. No, I haven't seen that one. And oh. Nick, Nick can't believe that I haven't seen that one either. Actually, I need to watch that too. He always goes on about it. <laughs> this Nick character, I love him. It's <laughs> hilarious. I don't know if there'd be many men who I know. would be. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. He'll kill me. <laughs> so, is he a rom com kind of guy? Um, yeah, he likes heaps of movies. Actually, just nothing scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Go. So, here's what you've got to watch: Silence of the Lambs together, and then mm-hmm. watch Dirty Dancing afterwards. Because okay. then, yeah then you won't go to bed scared and everyone wins. (laughs) Okay, good idea. (laughs) Movie marathon. (laughs) 
I watched it on the trainer because then no, because but if you watch Silence of the Lambs on the on the trainer, your your heart rate might go up higher than it's intended. Yeah, that's true. Oh goodness! Um, Okay. Um, and yes, once you want Silence of the Lambs, please get back to me because I want it to, you'll know what I'm talking about once okay. you watch it. All right. Uh, okay. Moving on. I want to, I want to go back to the PhD. A lot of the stuff that you're talking about in terms of learning a lot from failures seems to be a, a constant theme in, you know, uh, doing your PhD. Mm-hmm. How much do you think doing that for, did you say three years the PhD was? Yep. Yeah. How much, you know, sinking your life into that um, and learning as you go, do you think you can take into being a professional athlete? Oh, yeah, like heaps. Um, yeah. Yeah, on a, 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 yeah, it's amazing how much it overlaps, um, sort of the, the mental side of it, I reckon. Um, yeah, and I learned a lot. And after a while, like because I did the three-year PhD and then I also did uh, I was a postdoc for, I think it was even three years as well in the end. Um, a what? Yeah, so I was working as a researcher for the university for three years afterwards as well. Um, oh. Yeah, so I was immersed in that sort of, and it's it's a similar environment, right? You're just as a researcher, you're again just doing research projects and seeing them all the way through, and just picking up contracts from various. Um, industry partners or through grants um it's just that you're not putting it towards a thesis so um yeah it was probably altogether six years of that sort of um environment which it sort of just becomes part of who you are in 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 the end um and just yeah I mean I was really competitive as a kid uh, and I Mm -hmm. absolutely hated losing like my mum and dad had to teach me how to lose because I was just awful, like really awful. Um, so a proper so, sore loser. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, so I think for me it was actually a really good thing to do because a lot oh. of science is failing because that's just, I mean, that is just experiment, experimental science, right? Um, and so, yeah, totally so valuable for me to learn how to deal with that and um and also just make learning to make the most of whatever you've got you know um and yeah because even if it's a failed um task or experiment whatever you want to call it uh you can still write it up and you can still um remain positive about the work that you've done and not spin a story but you know just sort of pull it all together and make sure that it was worthwhile in the end, even if, if it wasn't what you expected. Um, yeah, it sort of, it teaches you resilience in a way, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then carrying that through to triathlon, uh, like it is a completely, completely different environment, but um, definitely learning how to deal with failures is something that, um we need to to learn I mean I'm not I'm still not great at it if I'm completely honest I hate you know failing or not failing but I hate not winning <laughs> love it, <laughs> but, love it. I mean, that's what makes us competitive athletes I suppose um yep. yeah so yeah definitely valuable um 
a valuable thing to to do. And and I, I, I mean, I would encourage um, all athletes to do something else, whether it's just general study, um, other than just sport. Even though that's, I mean, I'm totally immersed in just sport now because I'm full time. But this is the first year that I've done this, um, and I think that there is a lot to be learned by doing other things and learning lesson life lessons through not just um, sport mm-hmm. um, and also just building something else in your life other than um, sport is a good thing for um, I think mental health and just um, knowing that there's other things out there when when the sport isn't going great for example um, or if you you know maybe want to eventually when you retire you know that there's something you can do um outside of the sport but um yeah so there's a lot that there's a lot that sort of overlaps between the two even though they're different worlds really yeah absolutely it's interesting that you say that yeah you you encourage people to have something else as well um because so many people are in you know in two different two two minds um yeah yeah do, do you go all in you yeah. know, and really dedicate everything to it. Um, and I don't think anyone anyone's wrong. You got to find out what works for you is the is the key. Yeah, yeah well, there's um, arguments for both sides, right? Like, in a mm. way, you'd argue that to be the best athlete you can be, you you kind of do have to totally immerse yourself in it and put mm. all your efforts and energy into it. So it's sort yeah. of yeah, there's an argument to both sides. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've definitely got to find what works for you. Um, mm. And it's interesting. And granted, I don't, you know, I don't really interview many of the um, men, but mm. I find that a lot of women who I speak to, and maybe it's just the women I've sp- spoken to recently, mm. really do like to have something else Um and it doesn't have to be anything, um, you know, rigid like a, an, you know, an actual job. Yeah. But they like to find something else that they can immerse themselves in to, yeah. um, you know, train their brain or, or whatever. Yeah. Not yeah. to say that being a pro triathlete, you're not using your brain, but yeah. you know what I mean, like more of an yeah. academic yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, and it, if I'm completely honest, at the moment I'm doing a sports nutrition course. So, <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. Still studying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah and but that and that obviously obviously works for you for you as well um and you know well I guess right now is is the perfect time to be doing it with you know not not many races well pretty much zero races for the last six or seven months Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean that's that's clever and again what whatever works works for you is the right is the right answer This episode is brought to you by our very own WitsUp Patreon members who help us to continue to bring you fantastic content and inspiring and powerful narratives of women within our sport. So if you want to help us continue to do what we do, consider becoming a WitsUp Patreon member. Uh, Just click the link in the description of this episode on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast or simply head to patreon.com slash wits up that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash wits up and if you don't know how to spell wits up then you're in trouble um i want to go i want to go back to being a sore loser (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) but it's something that resonates with me i um 
I hate losing. I'm yes. super, super competitive across mm-hmm. everything. Yes, I, I yeah, and, but I'm talking, and I get the feeling that you're probably similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not just talking about races. I'm talking no, hard games. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. <laughs> Even things like uh, I think I've used this, this example before. Like, say you're driving, you know, as a posse somewhere. You know, you're going camping yeah. for a weekend. I have to be the first person <laughs> to get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes a conversation out of it. It's all on. <laughs> but also, I will make a competition out of it and it's unbeknownst to everyone else. Yeah. I'm the only one competing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you'll tell them about it once you get there and win. <laughs> exactly. Oh, everyone will know because I'll yeah. do a victory dance for sure. <laughs> or... Yeah. Okay, so here's a, here's a good test for you. Um, and for our friends in North America, we drive on the opposite side of the road. Yeah. So our and Europe, UK is the same side, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you get to a to two lanes at the traffic lights. So <laughs> yeah. so the so the right right hand lane is the one that just goes straight ahead, pretty much. Um, yeah. And then the left hand lane, typically people who go in the left hand lane are turning turning left. Yeah. Are you? I know the answer already. Are you the person that comes up to the left-hand lane and chooses to go straight ahead so yeah. you can get to the front of the line? Yeah, and then you're really <laughs> gutted if there's just a, a green arrow to the yeah. left. You're like, oops, <laughs> sorry, people behind me. <laughs> oh well. Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm. I am an an openly left-handed left-hand <laughs> lane um, lurker. <laughs> <laughs> snooze you lose though oh well <laughs> and then and then you sit there with your foot on foot on the gas on the accelerator just watching for the opposite lights to go from uh green yep. to orange, orange to red and <laughs> yeah. yep and you start revving as soon as it hits red you start revving and then you're gone <laughs> you're gonna get in trouble with Subaru here <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, it just you're not breaking the law. You no, just, no, that's true. And my thing, Brett's like, oh my god, you're such a lead foot. And I'm like, it's not that I'm not breaking the law. I'm not speeding. Um, mm. Although I don't get the tickets because the car's in his name, so who knows? Um, <laughs> I just get from zero to the speed limit fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so being, back to also Subaru. Mm. That's how you pronounce it, right? Oh, yeah, Subaru. Sorry. Subaru well, is how you guys say it. We say Subaru. Okay, but what what is the correct pronunciation? There actually, well, there is a correct, correct pronunciation, and I can't even say it properly. It's like they were trying to tell me one day um, in, at the office, and it's like uh, I'm not even going to try. It, neither of those is technically correct, actually. Ah, okay. Yeah, so anyway. We just right. go with whatever. <laughs> I'll stick to Subaru. You can yeah. say Subaru. Subaru, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so sore loser, right? It, so as I sort of grew up, um, I, I hate losing, but, I yeah, I hate losing, but I'm not a sore loser, I think yeah. is the correct way of putting it. Do you yeah. feel like that is the same with you? 
Yeah, I think so. But I think, um, if I'm completely honest, that's through learning. Uh, so when I was a kid, I only did team sports, right? I didn't do any individual yeah. sports. Um, so you learn a lot through uh, around sort of um, sportsmanship through team sports, I think, in particular. Uh, I think that's really good for kids, especially um, over competitive ones like myself. Um, so I think there was probably uh, the potential for me to be a sore loser if I <laughs> didn't learn as a kid um, sort of how to deal with it. But yeah, I'd say I'm the same. Like I hate to hate to lose, but at the same time, as long as I've like given it everything, I'm happy. Um, yep. And that's that sounds really cheesy, but it's actually true. Um, yeah so I'll just sound a little bit cheesy for a moment but yeah that's sort of how I feel now like even if I go out and if I end up whether I end up you know first or 15th in a pro field if I've like literally raced as hard as I can that to me is is still awesome um yeah yeah so I think I think that's everyone would sort of be the same um you sort of have to be otherwise you're not going to last long or, you, you know, you'll, you, you'll stop turning up for races because you'll be too scared to uh, not finish first, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of, I think, the, the mindset that we all need to take and need to work on. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I was going to say, how do, you, how do you cope? Because you said, you know, as long as I know I've given all that I can, mm. but how do you cope maybe on a day that, you potentially you look back at it and go, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mm. give it my best shot, which is, it, it, mm. I guess this is kind of a hard question because since you, you I remember it was Challenge Melbourne you raced at uh, yeah. maybe three, three yeah. years ago. Total newbie. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time I sort of knew anything about you. Um, yeah. And, I, I mean, I can't remember where you fin- finished, but maybe. Down the pack. Yeah, yeah, I think I was probably like sixth or seventh or something. Yeah. Um, and I, I just I remember you and then, you know, a, a year or so later is when I feel like um, and I guess that's where you really sort of yeah. went a bit more all in into the yeah. sport um, yeah. and it it just it proved dividend. Like, you know, yeah. you, you really kind of – I want to say you came from nowhere because that's really disrespectful, but – yeah. It really showed the dedication into that you placed on the sport, um, yeah. and that, that showed in your results. And you know, you've been super successful um, over the half distance. You know, ever since you really dived mm. into it. Um, yeah. So, I guess my line of questioning is: How do you cope with those days where you perhaps look back at it and you haven't given a hundred percent? I don't know if you can really answer it because yeah. I'm not sure if that actually existed. Yeah, I think. I mean, there wouldn't be. M- I can't think of a time where I haven't given 100% in a race. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely times where I've given 100% and then like that race, for example, where it, it wasn't good enough to be competitive at the front. I was really new into racing professional then um, and I was sort of going th- – at that point I was going through sort of this weird um, time, like I was pretty new under Bevan um, as a coach and he was sort of totally um, – restarting me in my training so all my training was like knocked back to all easy um and I'm still obviously racing so I went into that race but um like I I was I was at that phase I mean I'm I'm sure you might be aware but like 
when I sort of went to Bevan at first, like I, I didn't have my period and all that kind of thing. So there were a lot of issues that we needed to sort out first before I was able to push the training harder. So that was sort of, that, that season was a bit of a, a tough season. Um, like I was giving it everything I had, but um, I wasn't able to do the training, the hard training for the races. And so I didn't perform um, as well as the other girls. And can, can um, I, sorry, can I just ask just, just on that? Yeah. As a, obviously a high achiever, um, when, when you go to someone and you're like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. But then yeah. you've got someone saying, no, 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 you need to hold back a little bit because yeah. of, um, and we'll, we can get into that later. Mm-hmm. What I assume that there's a lot that you've learnt, um, particularly in your, um, you know, throughout your PhD and mm-hmm. having, I guess, science hat on, that was it easy to kind of comprehend that messaging from Bevan? No, no, mm. of, course, of course it wasn't. Um, I, I mean, my first pro race, I actually ended up second, and that was Sunshine Coast. So. In my yeah. mind, I was like, "Sweet, I want you know, like, I want to build from this," and I blah blah, yeah. blah blah blah. And then he stepped in after that race as my new coach and said, "Hold on a moment, um, we have some real sort of base work to do here. We need to step it back before we can step forward." Um, yeah. And sort of as an over-eager new professional tri- triathlete, mm. you're sort of like, "What? Like, <laughs> I want to race more?" Um, and so, of course, it wasn't hard. I mean, of course, it wasn't easy. Um, but you also have to, and maybe this is just something in my personality. You also have to, if you're gonna commit to something fully in, in a big sort of project like this, you have to have 100 uh, percent trust and um, trust in sort of the people that are helping you. Uh, and the people that you look up to so whether that's your supervisor or your coach or you know another person that's helping you in your sporting or professional career um you have to be willing to sort of trust in them and know that what I think you know I'm not the expert expert here I'm the one that's trying to learn um and so I may not know no matter how eager I am I may not know what is best for me Mm. um so it was sort of that um that was sort of my mindset around that and I still have that mindset now to this day you know when we want to try something new in my training I I, you know I I don't know what's best all the time for me so I do need to um sometimes trust in what the the experts around me and my my team around me are telling me and, and sort of go with it and see what happens so um I had to really it was tough though that that season. Um, I really had to th- think big picture, and maybe that was something that I was okay with because of my PhD too. When you think about how big yeah. um, that project was for three years, there were so many times where, you know, I'd be doing something in an experiment and it fails, and then you're like, "Well, man, um, this sucks." Mm. But you really have to think. Okay, let's just think big picture here. Um, this was only a six week project. It came to like nothing, but you know, I'm working on something that is three years long. Um, so I guess, yeah, maybe it was, I was able to, to take on that sort of frame of mind because of what I had just done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. So I think that's probably as 
really one really valuable thing that I did manage to learn um, in my PhD that translated over pretty quickly into my professional career is, is sort of being okay with thinking bigger picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of a game changer as well because, I mean, we've covered it on WhitsApp. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, women in the sport, age groupers and mm. professionals alike who have talked about um, and not even just obviously just in triathlon, in sport, endurance sport in general, um, in terms of missing their period and mm. suffering from that for a long time um, yeah. f- for the, the many different sort of effects mm. from that, um, mm. but not getting on top of it early. Um, and yeah. I, I don't know that it, there, there's ever a, a too late a time to get on top of it though. Oh, oh no, no, no. Yeah, I was without yes. my period for seven years, so that's still seven. quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess I mean more in terms of, um, you know, I guess younger athletes, yeah. um, and you sort of alluded to this as well, saying, you know, I, I started off, you know, when you when you dived into this, you started off really well to then be told to take a step back. Yeah. is, you know, and you look at younger athletes who are probably performing really well and getting pushed and they're like, well, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you started to perform well, having someone and having the trust in someone to say, whoa, 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 just yeah. calm down a little bit, this is what this is the direction we need to take, is yeah. like, it's really hard to sort of see through those, um, you know, through the blinkers, uh, yeah. you know, because... I assume I haven't been through that myself, but just discussing it with a lot of people, I um, I feel like you you were fortunate enough when you could have, you know, it was a fork in the road. You could have gone one of two ways, and totally. if you had to take the other way, you would not have the success that you have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm. totally. I think like you know, I would have kept maybe getting a bit better, but probably um, eventually hit a wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, but it, you know, and that was a lesson in itself. We really do need to make sure that our general health is 100% before we even start to think about trying to see any improvement in our, in our performance. Um, yeah, and I've always said that. I mean, I feel like I've said that way too many times now, but um, it's just, it's very true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to being competitive growing up. Um, what kind of – and the team sports, but what kind of team sports were you involved in? And then what what kind of led you down the path of uh, the PhD and then I'm getting back into committing to a sporting career mm-hmm. as the priority, I guess? Yeah. Um, so the sports I did when I was younger, I, I played netball a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I played netball for 13 years actually. So I've still, mm-hmm. I was a netball player for more years than what I've been a triathlete at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. But yeah, so I played netball pretty competitively, um, you know, sort of like the rep teams and stuff. Played a bit of volleyball but- as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah, even though I'm quite short. <laughs> well, I was always the shortest in the team in both netball and volleyball. Um, Wait, so netball, I'm guessing centre or wing attack? 
Yeah, exactly. But in volleyball, I assume, do they keep you towards the back? Um, so I play, I, I was a hitter a little bit, but because I, I had a really, believe it or not, I definitely don't now, but I had a really big jump. Um, really? So even though I'm not like, I'm 168 centimetres tall, so I'm not overly tall. But um, just because of the height of my jump, I could still hit pretty well. But then when I played rep volleyball, I was more the libero, which is the backcourt um, specialist player. So I, I was the one who subbed on the court and hung around the back to yeah pass up, I guess, the other team's um, hits because uh, oh. I was too short when it got to the uh, yeah the rep stuff. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I was watching because um, I, I don't know about you, but I – get stuck in YouTube rabbit holes yeah. and just keep watching and watching and watching. And yeah. I just quite often watch, you know, the 10 greatest sport plays yeah, yeah. of yeah. the last month or whatever. I love those too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and But I saw one the other day with a, a volleyballer. Um, he almost did like a, um, you know, in soccer, how they do the backflip kick to get yeah. a goal. Like he almost did that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you could use your feet in volleyball. Yeah, you can. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the two two main sports I did when I was a kid, but I actually did I mean I love I've always loved sport, like all sport. So yeah. through um through school I was doing everything that I could. Um yeah, so I mean I could ramble off half a dozen sports that I was kind of playing. Um yeah. and then what were your other questions? Um, um so then what led you so you're obviously heavily involved in sport uh yeah. but then almost I guess you you took the route of um the academic route yeah. with the okay. and everything and then yeah. what brought you back to sport True. being the priority yeah um yeah so I went away to university I didn't actually start in engineering I started in a course called food technology which is sort of a, a cross between Almost like some engineering topics, but then nutrition as well. Um, it's, it's kind of like the development of new foods, I guess, would be um, long story short. Uh, and it was a cool. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Developing new foods. What does well, that mean? Yeah. Well, like, I guess, um, well, when you see new foods that pop up in the supermarket or you know, new products, that they would have been. Um, they would have been developed through a food technologist, most likely. Um, right. It was a course that was really being pushed in New Zealand. I think it's because we do have quite a a big, you know, food production uh, industry over here with the dairy industry and also, I guess, fresh fruit. So, like some of the stuff that we were learning about is like was like refrigeration and how to optimize <laughs> cool stores and stuff like that. So it is quite engineering as well. But I swapped um, halfway through to an engineering degree because the engineering side of the course was the stuff that I was liking the most. Um, yeah. so, and that's sort of how I ended up in biotech engineering. Um, and then at university, I was in my first couple of years, I was definitely more interested in um, sport and I'd say partying. I <laughs> love <laughs> academia. Um, and but then it sort of switched. I don't know if I like matured or something, but um, I sort of in my second and third year, I really put my head down and worked really hard and in, in my studies. Uh, ended up f like f finishing the degree top of my class, 
Um, and then that's how I got the PhD offer. Right. Um, had I not been offered the scholarship and the PhD project under that supervisor, I probably wouldn't have done a PhD. So that's sort of how I ended up there. Um, and getting into triathlon, what actually happened is I got injured playing netball and volleyball and I had to start, well, I wanted to keep fit somehow. So I started swimming very badly um, and then met a triathlon club at the pool that I was going to in the mornings and, and they said join in with us. Um, they were a friendly bunch. And um, so that's sort of how I stumbled into triathlon. Um, and then I continued on after I finished my degree, I continued on doing triathlon because I moved up to Auckland, um, which was a new city. I didn't know anyone there. I thought that maybe I'd join the triathlon club up there to meet some people. Um, so initially it was sort of just a way for me to try and find some friends. Um, but then, yeah, next minute I'm racing professional. <laughs> so wait, how old were you when you first got into it? Um, I would have been about 23, probably 20, maybe late 22, 23. And you're 30 now. Yeah. 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 Recently 30. Yeah. Ish. The big three O. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, oh, I was going to say you are quite late into the sport, but not really. Yeah. Like 23 isn't late. But then, yeah. you know, you I do see a lot of people who start, you know, 15, 16 and make their way through, you know, yeah. junior development and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I didn't do any of that, no. How um, does one go from not, not being able to swim? Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's probably the one that takes the most uh, yeah. work in well. terms of technique and um you know they you know that people talk about obviously the feel of the water and you know Mm. that game changer for for swimmers whereas running you get better by running Running. like you just you know um yeah Uh, like do you remember those days oh yeah like they were yesterday yeah um well yeah in a way it feels like they were yesterday but it also feels like a long time ago um but um yeah so hard, honestly. Swimming yeah. is really, really hard when you haven't done it as a kid. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I started off swimming with fins all, the whole swim session because that was how I could keep up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the other day, like, I swam 400 metres in sub five minutes, which was the first time that I've, like, I don't often swim 400 metres hard. But yeah. um, I was like, woo, that's good. Um, but, yeah. you know, at the same time, you know, I walked away and I was like, man, I remember being stoked with just swimming um, 100 metres under a minute 30. Not yeah. that – it feels like not that long ago, but at the same time, like, it has been a solid number of years of me working really hard um, yeah. at, at both technique and just swim volume as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do, fo- I focus a lot on technique. I, like, I will watch YouTube videos of swimmers. Um, yeah, right. and like, I like to break down my swim stroke in every session in my mind and, and try and figure out, you know, what I'm doing in each arm, um, with my body position. Like, it, it, yeah, I do. I am definitely someone who focuses on technique and I think that's, um, something that I have had to do because I didn't learn it as a kid and I just think it's it's not it's almost not a natural movement swimming mm. um to humans I think it's not like running we were kind of made to run 
Yeah, yeah. Um, we weren't made to swim, so it is really tricky. Um, and I think, yeah, all triathletes will, will know what I, you know, will be feeling the same if they didn't swim as a kid. Um, but, you know, it, it does get better. It just takes a long time and a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It isn't like the other two, though, where you just train hard and you get better. <laughs> Yeah, when you break it down like that, that's pretty yeah. much what it is. Just keep yeah. training harder. Not We are not condoning that as a yeah, way no, no. of improving. <laughs> but that's essentially what it is. Just keep riding and running and y- yeah. you'll improve. Mm. But, yeah, just, it, yeah, there's so much technique involved. Um, yeah. 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 A lot of and visualization. And it goes up and down too, I think. Yeah. Like there'll be, I'll go through phases where I'm like, oh, like I just can't. I don't feel like I'm able to grab the water, you know, this week. But then the next week it'll come back again, you know. So it's yeah, it's not sort of a – it's never a straight line in any of them. But um, you just sort of have – over time, it's you just sort of have to, yeah, persist, I guess, and you'll get there. Yeah. It's never a straight line for me when I'm swimming because I think that. How did you go um, getting back in the pool after the break because of COVID? Not you know, that- it actually wasn't that bad. Um, okay. Nah. I mean, the first, I'd say the first two weeks were terrible, um, like really terrible. But then it sort of, it started to come back again pretty quickly. Um, yeah, right. yeah. And then now if I, I think I'm probably swimming faster than ever and it's like a year where I had time off from swimming. So I'm like, hmm, mm. should I do this every year? Yeah. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Hey, I really want to ask you, uh, sorry, I want to ask you um, about your sister. Be- okay. And the reason I bring this up is because I, I can't remember, it may have been Wanaka and you were posting some cool photos and I'm just like, oh, yeah, she's cool, follow her. Oh, they, they, there's some cool photos. I reckon yeah. it took me two or three months to realise that you guys are related even though you've got the last surname. <laughs> really? I'm such a dick. Yeah, I was just like, I think I even sent her a private message. I'm like, oh, there's really cool photos, you know, I love your work type of thing and we're chatting away. Yeah. And then at some stage you're like, oh, yeah, I can get my sister to do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's also an engineer, by the way. <laughs> what was that? She's also an engineer. Different type of engineer. Of course she is. Yeah. Um, Freaking, is it just you two? Yeah, it's just us two. Okay, is she older or younger? Older. Right, so she she's obviously very creative. She's a very yeah. good photographer. Yeah. Um, I have I don't know if she does videography, but um, I'm sure she'll be good at that as well. You can basically um, do anything, yeah. yeah it, <laughs> it sounds like that's, yeah. that's the Wells's. MO. No, I think that's her more than me, trust me. Really? <laughs> yeah. What kind of engineer yeah. is she? Uh, product development. But she she is incredibly uh, talented at what she does. Um, she can basically build anything, um, yeah, create anything. Yeah, she got all the I, – I sometimes say she got all, all, this, all the talent and I just got the hard work genes. <laughs> Really? Yeah, That's yeah. Interesting. I don't know what it is, but I just 
I love hearing about women who can build shit, who I just, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know if it's because I just haven't been exposed to many women in, in my life who, you know, generally, you know, my brother's an electrician, you know, yeah. a lot of those sort of industries um, tend, tend to be more male dominated. I'm so happy mm-hmm. to be corrected on this. Um, but there's like, I've always had this thing of, I'd love to be a mechanic and be, you know, a, a female mechanic um, mm. because, you know, and I'm just stereotyping here, but, you know, we grew up sort of seeing movies where the woman gets um, ripped off by the male mechanic because they assume she doesn't know anything, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to become a mechanic and just prove everyone wrong. Like, I yeah. just, there's something about it that I just, I love. I love going past construction sites and seeing women there just doing their thing and, yeah, I, it, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It would be really handy just to be really good at that kind of thing as well, you know, just. Yeah. Ah, oh, I always think that she can just like, she'll come around to my house and she'll be putting up, you know, doing all these like little handy jobs around the house. And I'm like, I just couldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I'm like, I wish I could do that. So I imagine she'd be one of these people who would design and build their own house. Like, yeah, she hasn't gone that far. (laughs) It's around the corner. I bet she'd love to, though. (laughs) And and then she'd probably document it in a video series as well. Yeah, and it'd be awesome, like all edited. Yeah. So she is obviously quite creative. Are you yeah. are you creative? Um a little bit. Like I did when I was at school I did art um as a subject in the fifth form, which I'm not sure if that's not called fifth form anymore, but uh year is it year twelve, year eleven? Oh my gosh, I can't okay. remember. Year eleven. Um and like I got one of the highest marks in school kind of thing but then right. gave it up to science um <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah um like I like I could paint when I was younger and draw quite well and and like so I was creative in that side of things right um but not like not like Gemma is um just maybe a little bit yeah yeah I think you need to be even even though engineering is seen as like a very science heavy kind of um, topic you also need to have a bit of creativity in engineering as well um, so yeah. you might find that a lot of engineers do have a little bit of creativity sort of yeah in them as well yeah actually I was listening to someone the other day doing a talk and um, they said that create creativity seems to be pigeonholed into artistic and it's not creativity comes yeah. in so many different forms um, mm. And you sort of alluded to that in terms of engineering. Um, creativity, yeah, d- doesn't need to be I can yeah. illustrate or I can play an instrument. Um, I, I, th- yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I guess creativity for me is um, being able to think outside the box um, yeah. and utilise the skills that you've got in a different different way to other people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and not being that. afraid to sort of deviate yeah. from, from what is seen as normal or standard I guess as well like it, yeah. you can think outside the box but will you have you know will you be brave enough to actually 
step out. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, <laughs> so, so, mum and dad, who who do you take after? Ooh, um, I don't know. Probably, but probably, uh, hmm, maybe a bit of both, but maybe dad. Yeah, a little bit. In in I what respect? Um, I think so. I, I find that I, I this always tends to come up in conversation because I like to find out, you know, where people have come from and all this kind of stuff. But if yeah. I ask myself the same question, I don't know how I would answer it either. It's not. <laughs> it's yeah, because I mean, I think I'm a bit of a black sheep of our family anyway. But it's it's actually a really hard question. Yeah, it is. It would be a bit of both. Uh, Dad and I probably have similar personalities in that, like, even though, like, I'm here talking on a podcast, I'm not usually, like, a huge talker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I've witnessed that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, is it that obvious? Um, (laughs) No, but actually, actually, I want to talk about that because – I actually find you quite a fascinating person because oh no, 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 in in a, in such a great way. You've got you, you've you're obviously very talented, um, but very hardworking as well in terms of being a professional athlete. Um, you you're very articulate. You're very well. Um, you're intelligent, well put together. You just <laughs> okay, but you but hang on, I'll keep going. But you. you <laughs> You're friendly. Um, you take compliments really well. Oh, well okay, <laughs> you can stop now. No, but let I'm I'm going to keep going because no, because I've spent some time with you. Um, for those of you who don't know, Hannah has spent some time in Melbourne um, working with Ken at yeah. um, Adaptive HP and Sync Ergonomics in terms of yeah. bike fitting. Um, he he's incredible. I love. Yeah, you know, I've done photography and video work with him, but essentially, yeah. I'm just there geeking out, learning from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's one of my favorite parts of my job is spending time with athletes in those situations because you get a really good sense of who they are without their race suit on. Um, because once the race suit comes on, athletes are very focused on yeah. ju- you know, just the race, and I get that. That's you, you, that's what you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've managed to spend a bit of time with you behind the scenes, I'd like to say, and y- you're just a very relaxed, um, chilled kind of person and you don't, and we laugh, but you, you don't like big noting yourself, um, or, or talking about yourself too much. Y- yeah. You just, to me, you were very approachable. Um, nothing was a drama, you know, and so yeah. to me that resonates really well. I don't even know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's quite a Kiwi thing as well, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, ki- yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I do think as well we've got, I mean, it helps that we've got pretty similar personalities in that we do like to take the piss out of ourselves yeah. a bit yeah. Um, yeah. and that, that definitely helps, um, yeah. although I love talking, so... That's definitely where we differ. Um, Honestly, I don't know where I was going with this because it all started with you not not liking. Not being a talker, basically. Yeah. But I just, I don't know, there's something very humbling about you where um, you, 
you're very, you're very, you come across very well put together, but uh, you're also just, just very honest and just yeah. chill type. Of, that's that's the impression I get. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I just, oh, yeah, I don't know. I am what I am. Um, I think as I'm, yeah, I'm getting older, I'm being more, um, getting more comfortable just being who I am. Um, yeah. whether, uh, yeah, whatever that may be. <laughs> um, I do, and I do like to joke, you know, have a laugh. Um, and I love being around people who have a laugh as well. Uh, I think that's really important when you're in a professional sport because it, it can be very consuming um, and very serious at times. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we are doing this because we love it and we want to have fun, um, mm. even though it is, again, like in my career now. Um we do it because we want to have fun. So I think we just, yeah, I, I really love to have a laugh. Um, yeah. And I love, I even though I'm not a talker, I love it. I do love talking with other athletes, whether it's other professionals or age groupers. Like I love it if someone comes up to me and says hi or whatever. Like there's just something so nice about that. Yeah. Um, and that's a cool thing about triathlon too, you know, coming from other sporting, you know, other sports. Um, Triathlon is cool in the way that everyone sort of mixes together, um, all age groups, all abilities. Um, but you know, when you when I was playing netball and volleyball, the people that you would mix with are your teammates and your teammates only. That's um, so true. Yeah, so that was something that I when I moved to triathlon back when I was um, studying in my engineering degree. Um, that's what really sort of drew me to triathlon to start with was the fact that I was turning up to the swim squad and there were all sorts of people there. There were people younger than me, people way older than me, people my age, um, and everyone was sort of mixing in together. Some people were really fast, some people weren't. Um, I don't know. There's something cool about that. Um, yeah. It's something that I guess you forget about when you have just, are just used to it in triathlon, but it's actually it's not in a lot of other sports you don't get that. Um, which is quite cool. Um, yeah, I've never thought about yeah. it quite like that, and it's very, mm. very true. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm really sorry. We're going to have to start wrapping this up um, yeah. because we've been going for over an hour, which is pretty <laughs> impressive for a non-talker. I know. I was just thinking that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and also, this might come as a surprise to you and a lot of people out there, but, but currently – I've got a really sore neck and jaw, so I've been told not to talk too much. <laughs> Honestly, I know it's hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> I, like I'm smiling and laughing and really trying not to overextend my jaw. <laughs> it's true. It's that really injury. I can, that is injury I will never get. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway, I've been sitting here trying not to talk too much, which is fucking impossible. Um, <laughs> um, what was it going? Oh, yeah, so we've uh, – uh, sorry, we do have to wrap things up, but no, I do want 
<laughs> I do want to end this uh, chat with two final questions. Um, okay. <laughs> don't be nervous. <laughs> Are you the kind of person that sings stuff randomly? I'm definitely yeah. that person. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you taking the piss out of me or do you? No, no, I do, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun. It just puts you in a better mood. I think that's yeah. why I must do it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I do it all the time. And I love singing in the car all the time. <laughs> Intre- yep, no, I do that too. Um, Terribly, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I actually spoke about this on a podcast I did just last week and uh, – yeah, I'm not a sour sh- shower singer. Never, I never understood that. But throw me no. in a car, and I, no. I don't, it's not singing; it's yelling. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, because I, the, my, my theory is if you if you yell it and you're obviously yelling, then people can't um, yeah, assume that you're attempting to sing. A sing. That's, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I used my mum used to own a. a pub that would have karaoke on Friday and Saturday nights um yes so (laughs) I cannot stand people who think they're good singers attempting to sing um it's very judgmental yeah and I don't I don't I just I don't know I feel like someone in the room has to be honest with them and no one wants to be honest with the person who thinks that they can sing but they can't yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah. Anyway, last questions. What are you currently obsessed with? Go. Peanut butter. Ooh, good answer. <laughs> um, peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Interesting. Why? Mm, I don't know. I, I, don't know. It, I used to be crunchy and now I'm just going through a phase of smooth. Oh, but you almost said it a little bit defensively. Like I know, smooth. Yeah, most people are crunchy people where I like smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm crunchy for sure. Mm. Um, and are you like the organic kind of? Mm. I, I mm, Organic might be a bit of a push, but the, yeah. the proper peanut butter where it's just like peanuts, you know, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, final question. Who is your favourite famous Hannah? Favorite famous Hannah. So someone called yep. Hannah. Yep. Um, there's actually, I'm going to say, there's actually a Hannah Wells who was on, is it Designated Survivor? Have you watched that? Oh, the show. Yeah. Yes, with um, Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, I think. I think I think that's the show she's on. Yeah, it must be. I, yeah. I'm and she's real kick ass. <gasps> Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm hang on. That's if you her. Google Hannah yeah. Wells. She comes up. But that's her character's name, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, played by name. Maggie Q. She's awesome. She's been in quite a few shows that I like. I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yep. So I'll go with um, that Hannah. It's a full, full Hannah Wells. I like it. Um, I like what you did there. Um, Agent. Oh, you have to yeah. say Agent Hannah Wells, Dr. Hannah yeah. Wells and Agent Hannah Wells. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. The first person that comes to my mind is Hannah Gatsby, the comedian from Australia oh. who has um, a stand-up special. She's from the – or she's part of the LGBTQ oh, apology. Yeah. I don't know the rest of the yeah. acronym or, or yeah. whatever you call it. Um, 
community and she's yeah. got a fantastic um, stand-up. It was on Netflix. It, hopefully it still is. It's really good. People should okay. definitely listen to it um, or watch it. Um, so there you go. You've got a couple of things that you need to watch before I, know. I talk to you next time. I know. Jeez. <laughs> Dr. Hannah Wells, thank you so much for taking time out of what is obviously a hectic schedule of training, studying, um, and all of the things that you do. I actually, actually, I think that's where I was going before. You're such a very, you've obviously got a lot of things going on. Um, You fill up every minute of your day, but then you actually seem reasonably relaxed and chilled. Is that- Most of the time, not all of the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the other thing I forgot to mention, sorry, uh, is congratulations on your recent engagement uh, oh, as well. Um, before we before we actually started recording this, we were on video, and you showed me, and I find it fascinating that women always do their fingers pointing down to the ground and. <laughs> put their hand out um I would always consciously put my hand in a clench my fist and show people that way because I thought it was funny because <laughs> everyone's like oh you're so ladylike and I I <laughs> so ladylike uh was it was it a surprise um I started to get a little bit suspicious okay you have to quickly tell me before I let oh, you go gosh. okay please um, well, we went up to, we were going up to, it was actually my 30th birthday weekend uh, and we were having a bit of a party with a, a small group of friends on Waiheke Island up in Auckland. Yep. But we were going to go, uh, Nick said to me, he was like, well, why don't we go up to Auckland first and we'll just have a night um, at a nice place up in Auckland just ourselves before we get together with everyone else. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I had a long run to do that day and Nick um, so he has been a good athlete in the past, but now he doesn't do much. He would much prefer to go to the pub and drink beer than do exercise. So, um, we drove up to Auckland. We didn't get there till about four o'clock in the afternoon and I still had a long run to go. And I was like, oh, how about I just go get my run done and then we'll go out for dinner. He was like, oh no, 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 I'll come. And I was like, that's really weird <laughs> that you want to come for a run. Yeah. So then I started to get suspicious on the run, but um, it actually didn't happen on the run. So then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But then he was really keen to get in the spa uh, back at this fancy place that we were staying at before dinner. And I was like, well, no, I'm hungry. Um, I don't want to get in the spa now. So let's go for dinner. He was like, oh, okay. Um, and then, <laughs> so we for dinner. then after dinner, he was like, how about we have a spa now? And I was like, oh. Okay, all right. So then um, we had a spa and then he asked me then. But he'd obviously been trying to ask me like the entire day. Um, and you kept ruining it. I love it. really not giving him anything. <laughs> anyway, poor boy. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. Turned 30 and got engaged. There you go. And then got to celebrate with your mates. I know. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah that's really pretty cool. cool. That's yeah. very cool. When yeah. Brett proposed to me, um, which I won't go into the whole story, but um, about 30 minutes late, it was on Christmas morning, uh, yeah. and 30 minutes later we were at my best mate's parents' house, um, which was really important for me to be able to be with 
my mate after I yeah. got engaged. Like, yeah. yeah, I yeah. needed to be around because I couldn't, I couldn't do the whole too romantic. It's just yeah. about us. I was like, oh, yep, that's it's cool. Awesome. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, okay, this is this is definitely the end. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go my bike. <laughs> yes. Sorry. You're like, shut up, Steph. Let me go. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. Um, no. We will catch up again soon, hopefully. In person, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Hit subscribe. Give us a rating. Leave a comment. And don't forget, if you're not already a Wits Up Patreon member, sign up in the link in the description. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness. <laughs> Woo!